we cannot go back to the old normal. I mean, in many ways, like that's partially been taken care care of for us. You know, like there's, there is just absolutely no way that it can go back. There's no way that things will ever be the same on some level, but there's also um, a certain aspect of it where we are um, implicitly and explicitly involved in what that is as well. And where we need to uh, make some choices, where we need to make some decisions and we need to do that uh, together. This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby-Cook and Evan Schulte. Identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. Hello world, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> All right, it's Brandon and Evan and... Uh, we uh, we aren't running out of things to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. Um, so we have. Uh, I don't know. We were we were talking about what we could discuss today, and and I think that now that there's been some time with the whole world changing and everything shifting, there is kind of a, a wondering when is it ever going to be normal again, and people wanting to kind of go back to the way it was, and we kind of wanted to throw out the idea that maybe there is no going back. Maybe there's no going back to that normal. And maybe that's actually a good thing. Maybe mm. it's time that we reshape the new normal and we reevaluate what we called normal and okay before. And it's really easy to focus on what you're, what you feel like you're missing or what you're losing or what you're having to give up. But you can also put your focus on what you're gaining and acquiring and what's actually improving. So this is an interesting topic, mostly because we're going to try to take a creative artistic approach to it. And I think that maybe, I don't know, we don't have to long for the past. We can actually look forward to the future Mm -hmm. if, if we're willing. So I don't know if that helps, but that's the best way I can open up this one. Yeah. I mean, like, I think that for no matter where you are in the world, uh, we're seeing where a lot of our um, our systems, our beliefs are crumbling, you know, or being revealed to be wholly inadequate <laughs> in the face of a challenge like this. And it's, you know, it can be a painful process to, to see this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, but it's also there is the opportunity that comes with it, which is the opportunity of how can we do things better? Yeah. Uh, how can we address these problems? And because, yeah, like we had a normal before, we are now in sort of a new normal, what I would say is a transitory normal for now you know like this you know this time of being you know in quarantine and isolation you know like it might go on for longer than we would like but it's not something that's going to be forever this is going to lead into a new normal and based on you know from from our perspective going from coming from the artist perspective the creative perspective you know this is a terrific time for for our voices to be thrown into the mix to help to reshape what this new normal is because the thing is is that we like you said we can't go back you know there is no going back ever in life you know it's mm-hmm. like what has happened has happened and now we just have to confront what's in front of us and and shape what's to come Mm-hmm. in some manner. And uh, I do want to just give a quick um, shout out that part of what has uh, inspired this talk today is a terrific article that perhaps uh, you have already read, but uh, was an article from Medium. And it's uh, an article called Prepare for the Ultimate Gaslighting. Uh, the author's name is uh, Julio Vincent Gambuto. It's a great name. Uh, and it's a terrific read. Um, but yeah, it definitely, uh, at least for myself is 
part of what uh, inspired uh, me to have this conversation, which is that, you know, hey, like we're, there's, uh, there's going to be potentially a push from, from what came before to just go back to what that was. And that, you know, that would be a very bad idea for many, many reasons. Mm -hmm. So that's uh that's what i think we're aiming to to navigate a little bit here and and maybe help help you out there find your place to navigate some of this stuff as well yeah and for people who don't know what gaslighting and gaslighting is gaslighting is when you have an experience and someone tells you that your experience isn't true and they try to give you an alternate reality to what you know you experienced and that creates a doubt and it creates an unbalance and an ungroundedness in the reality that you know you experienced. And I think that right now it's really important to take in all these experiences to really like really let yourself have um, an honest and, and I, I don't know what, what other way to put it, but a real like, honest, authentic experience of what's going on here. And not just to look inside your own bubble, but to look out inside the, out to the world. Like, you know, look at nature starts to come back and walks across the streets, you know, uh, <laughs> the, the sky clears of all the pollution that we created. Um, all sorts of things are happening that are actually improving the world. And it's important for you to remember those experiences because the things like that are, um, you know, they're, they're creating what this new reality can be. And if someone tries to tell you, well, that didn't really happen, that doesn't really matter. And that's irrelevant. Then you're just going to get stuck in a loop of trying to go back to somewhere you can't go back to, which really just serves someone else's need. Right. And the yeah. reason why people gaslight is because they want you to live based on their rules of reality, because that can control you. Right. But if yeah. you're honest about your experience of your own reality, nobody can dictate how things should be. It'll come out of yourself, out of your own values, which, you know, if you listen to anything that I say, that's what I always say is like, come mm -hmm. back to what matters to you. Yeah. You know, the underlying message of pretty much everything I ever talk about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and that takes, that takes a certain degree of, of courage. Certainly, you know, it means sometimes you have to speak up against, you know, people in certain position or, you know, or, just even, even the courage to have your own voice heard doesn't matter. It can just be to friends and family. Yeah. You know, sometimes that can be <laughs> a very difficult thing to do is to say like, well, Hey, I actually disagree with that, mm -hmm. you know, or no, I don't think that's that we, we should be going back to the way that things were, you know, there's a lot of things like, and, and yeah, like we're seeing all kinds of things that, uh, like again, like certain things like the, you brought up the example of like seeing how like our pollution levels are going down and like our air is getting cleaner in cities that haven't experienced like clean air in, in such a long time. Uh, but even things like, you know, we're seeing how a lot of our um, economic systems and uh, even like in, in the States right now, like their, their healthcare system is being put to the test and it's bring up a lot of questions there as to, you know, like what, all of the, the gaps that it, it leaves. And, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of people coming through this who are going to say, no, like we can't go, go back to the system that we had because of how many people have, were just not, not being taken care of in this mm -hmm. whole thing. And is it something like, and again, it's not about saying what it is we should do, but actually at least raising the question is of going like, Hey, do we all think that this is okay? Mm -hmm. You know? And I think that in many ways, this is, this is bringing some things to the global awareness our collective awareness of this question. Just like, are we okay with this? Yeah. Are we all okay with this working this way, with this working this way, with this going down this way? Are we okay? You know, maybe we are okay with some of these things, but maybe we're all like deep down, we're not. Mm -hmm. So, 
And you're not going to yeah. be able to change the world. I think like, I don't think anybody should, should be trying to go out to try and change everyone else or change the way mm-hmm. we're doing it. Yeah. But I think it all begins with each of us changing ourselves and through changing yourself, you create uh, impact in the world that you don't even realize how important that is. And that actually does change the world. But if you don't work yourself and you try to work anything outside of you, you will always run into problems. In my opinion, you have to start with yourself. The change has to start with you. Yeah. Um, there's a quote that I read recently, not really a quote, but kind of a quip in a writing bit. And they said, well, how do you get your children to, to read and write and, and create and, and, and just do all this great stuff. And said, and the person said to them, I don't, my, my children don't do what I say. They do what I do. Mm. And so think about that. Like we're all children, right? We're all, we're all modeling each other and people just tell you to do stuff like you should live better. You should, you shouldn't litter. You shouldn't do this. And meanwhile, like they're uh, playing into the same system. They're telling you not to do. It doesn't matter. That's no one cares. But if you see other people like living up to that, what ends up happening is it does create change. Mm -hmm. And we are seeing that like, you know, I remember, <laughs> I remember when I was a kid and like, you know, people were green and they would take care of the environment and they would talk about like water consumption and all of this. And my parents would be like, oh, granola crunchers. Like that's what they would call them because they yeah. were like ignorant to that. Now my parents recycle all the time and like they take care of all the, like, you know, they consider their water consumption. They do this, but like that didn't happen overnight. And, and at mm-hmm. first they were very judgmental of people who were forward thinking and they even called them a, a name, granola crunchers, yeah. right? That was a term that was thrown around, <laughs> but like, <laughs> it's funny to me because those people actually made change. Even they had to, they had to walk through the period of being a granola cruncher to somebody who was like ignorant and unaware, um, yeah. for that person to grow and change and go, Oh, maybe you're onto something. But that person just like said, well, there's no point. I'm not going to do it. No one else is doing it. No change would occur. So I think in our new world, our new normal, it's kind of like you get to, you get an opportunity to be more of who you want to be and people will pay attention. It's not going to happen overnight, but like this change is going to happen if you're willing to like live into the person that you know you want to be. I mean, it's pretty simple. But start with you. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty simple. It's like sometimes it's yeah. It's the it's the action part of that 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 can be yeah. the challenge, right? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, another thing I got to say. Yeah, yeah, before, yeah. Before you stall, <laughs> just joking. Um, so I was talking to my brother about um, what's going on, and um, he was saying that he's in finance and uh, he does stocks and all that stuff. But he was saying like. It's really interesting right now because he said that people are realizing things that they thought were important are not important anymore. And he said, the other thing he said, what's really also very interesting is we're realizing how high we put a value on human life. Because if you look at post-culture to this event, maybe some people like put a lot of value on human life, but our culture and our society was not really putting a lot of value on human life. Really, if you think about the way we were behaving, but now people are actively putting attention onto the value of human life. And some people are lagging behind and like, ah, forget it. Like let everyone get it. And whoever lives, lives, you know, those people are people who weren't hugged as children. Yeah. But those people are (laughs) becoming like the dinosaurs. Like that's an old model of thinking, but that's a, the thing is, is it's, it's almost gross to say that now. And, and uh, like when, when people think like that, but that was an old model of thinking. People forget that people used to, think of people much more like just tools, like just things yeah. that were used, machines that were used. A brick in the wall, a cog in the machine, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And we're moving into a culture where we're actually uh, beginning to value human life and look at it in a, in, a, in a new way. And I think we still have a long way to go, but it is interesting because we are, like just for example, like in World War I, they used to have this, this gun called the saw. And it would just shoot across a field, right? And uh, they would just get soldiers to jump out of the trenches and just run at it. 
and people would get sawed in half. That's why they called it the saw. Yeah. And you just watch your buddies get mowed down in front of you and you just hope that you made it through to the other enemy's lines and then you could get them, right? Yeah. Just think about the, the thought about what human life is that you just have as many people as you can run towards a gun firing at them and whoever dies dies and whoever lives like accomplishes the mission it's like yeah what it like we don't do war like that anymore if anything like you and we're not in war you know like it's well at least for most of us you know like but (laughs) But it's just a way of thinking right it's it's totally something to keep in mind right yeah it's almost like uh a lot of the way that we've gone about things has been almost a war mentality i mean we've heard this so many times uh said over recent years you know like we've talked about this thing of like like people over profits and profits over people you know or like people have been pushing it's like hey it's people over profit right not that there's anything like don't get me wrong don't me say i'm not saying that there's anything wrong with profit um because profit is is absolutely a necessary function um in 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 the successful enterprises you know for an enterprise like to even if it's something that's as um you know like any humanitarian enterprise still needs to be generating some kind of profit usually to some degree you know it doesn't matter how good the intention is of it like there's it it's required for to be sustained and to push forward and to to carry on uh just want to get that out of the way but um it's it's a sentiment that's been said so often recently, you know, it's like we need to get more into people over profits. And what's so interesting is that we are actually getting the opportunity to see that where we we do actually care. I'm glad that you brought that up, you know, is that like actually when it comes down to it, for the most part, most of us are saying, hey, we need to care. We We actually do care more about human lives than you know all of this other shit that we've made up Mm -hmm. like like economy to a large degree like how our economies function is is made up Mm -hmm. you know it's like and it's done some tremendous things it's remarkable what something made up can can do and how deeply it can affect our lives right but you know when it comes down to it where do we really sit you know like we want to when rubber meets the road when when it comes down to brass tacks all of those things like <laughs> what's is, the bottom line <laughs> yeah what's the bottom line and and the bottom line is is actually a humanitarian thing yeah and we can't just sweep that aside this mm-hmm. is just like my personal feelings and opinions on this but we can't just brush that feeling to the side and and go back to how we have been doing things before. Like, I think that as challenging as it can be, we need to let that feeling really do something to us. We need to really allow that to really reshape what we will allow and what we will and will not tolerate. Mm -hmm. I think that's absolutely crucial and vital for us coming into reshaping the new normal that we're going to be facing in the future. And the thing, and the thing is, is that uh, we don't like, look, we don't know necessarily what is to be done exactly. You know, like right now we're, we're still so much in the midst of just trying to put out fires right now, so to speak, that it's challenging to have, um, you know, a real conversation about like, okay, this is what we need to do. You know, although I'm sure that there are a lot of people who are much smarter than I am in their respective field who <laughs> are, are already devise, devising the stuff. And that's in, incredible. But for a lot of us, you know, we don't necessarily know what there is to do right now, but that's going to pass. There is going to be a time and a place for all of us where it is going to be very important for us to make our voices heard in all of this and to put our feet down and so that things don't go so that the, the destructive and um, unhelpful habits and systems that we've 
all that we all got used to that were part of our normal do not become part of our new normal. Yeah, I agree. And you know what I, what I hope changes most of all, this is the thing that I hope that will change about people more than anything in this time is that the people who are ahead, the people who are aware, the people who are conscious, the people who are paying attention, stop looking back at people who aren't there yet and judging them. Just stop doing that. This is the most arrogant thing you can do. And don't stand on your high horse like you got it all together. I think the people who are ahead of the curve, you know, the people who are paying attention, this is your time to be a leader, not a judgmental asshole. You know what I mean? And there's people who will do that. They're like, oh, everybody's an idiot. You know, it's like you're supposed to be a leader. People are looking, are going to look to you and you're the one looking back at them, judging them. Th that's not yeah. going to help anybody. And, uh, and this whole... This doesn't just happen with a pandemic. This happens in everything in life. There's the early adopters. Then there's the people who kind of come in later. And then there's the people who come in really late. And, and not everybody can come in first in life. And yeah. if you find yourself in first, don't look back at everybody and say like, ah, I'm better than you and you're all like losers. Look yeah. back at everybody and try to help them be better. You know what I mean? Like if we treat everybody like a competition and we walk around like we're better than each other, this is what creates this world. This is what creates these problems, you know? And I think that yeah. it's not, like, listen, top performers will always rise to the top. The cream of the crop, the people who put the time in, the practice in, the, the effort, they will always rise to the top when it comes to skill and ability. Um, but when you have skill and ability, like real skill and ability, like you become a leader. So, mm -hmm. so step into your leadership position. The other thing is, is like, if we live in a world where like, the game is skewed to make so people win who shouldn't win like people because of like nepotism and just things like, you know, just the system is set up to make certain people fail and certain people succeed. Those are the things that we want to try to get rid of. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, if you benefited off that system, right. And you got yourself ahead, you might look back at it and go, okay, well, I get the benefits of this, but is it right? Like, is it okay? Is this a good thing? And instead of like, you don't have to make yourself wrong because you got the benefit of it. But I think you can look back and go like, I don't necessarily think the world should continue this way. But, but like the people who put themselves or get themselves into a leadership position, if they didn't look back at people like they were less than, and they didn't look at themselves like they were special, that would evolve the world in such a big way. But yeah. like, you know, it, that, that means a lot of things. That means taking down your ego and doing some self-work and all of this. I yeah. just think that my point is this. If you start becoming more aware and you are an early adopter to good ideas, don't like pat yourself on the back too much and say you're better than everybody. Like take that as a moment to be like, okay, I figured this out. Not everyone else has. Let me figure out how to help them figure it out like I did and be a leader. And who knows, yeah. you might get really benefited by that by everyone else, because everyone will be thankful that you were someone that shared that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that, like, just because people find themselves in a certain position doesn't make you a leader. No. You but, know, like, that's, like, but leader... People, but in, in old culture, we looked at people, like, they were successful, so, oh, they must be, they must be someone to follow on Instagram or whatever. It's like, maybe we don't need to look at it like that so much, but you will be, like, if you're predominant in the world like like in our old world if you made a lot of money people look to you like it's just yeah the way it works I, the way it works i mean it hasn't gone away yet so, yeah. yeah yeah it's like if if yeah like the certain certain status has has sort of commanded leadership um also just yeah like the number of people who are paying attention to you and but just because you you might find yourself in that position doesn't make yourself a good leader. No, it doesn't you know? make and, you a good leader. And no. a good leader isn't, it isn't about cramming some sort of ideology down people's throats. It's not, um, it's, it's not forcing people to do anything. I like real, like the best leaders throughout history are people who invited people to come with them, you know, to some extent, it's just like, Hey, this is what we're doing. Do you want to come with us? Mm -hmm. Do you want to join us on this, on this thing that we're, we're trying to do? Like that's the stance for, at least in my perspective of, of what 
the best leaders do. You yeah, know? I agree that. And they wouldn't compromise on things that were like, like terms for them. Like they wouldn't be bent to go another way. Like really great leaders wouldn't let, uh, say like, Oh, well, we'll pay you a lot of money to compromise your integrity. You know, like the best leaders like don't do that. Right. And, and that's what allows their followers. If you want to call them that, um, people who can trust them and can count on them because they go, Oh, well, like I can count on this person to stay solid, you know, in spite of the personal gain they could get to like throw us all under the bus, they won't do that. And then you become bonded. Yeah. Yeah. And then you actually have, you, you create something that is much bigger and much more resilient to the crazy forces that, you know, we, we find ourselves in and amongst, you know, throughout time, Mm -hmm. you know, like you create a far greater, um, strength at your foundation by, by acting that way and by leading in that way, because, like we're talking about sort of like, you know, just in some ways we're talking about ethics and a lot of ways we're talking about ethics. Um, but you know, like a, a really well led enterprise of any kind, uh, is one that has the capacity to respond. I mean, I think this is something the, uh, now, all right, here we go, Brandon, here we go. <laughs> now we can, we can bring this really into the artistic realm, you know, Let's like do it. we come from, you know, so much of, of any art form is about response and the ability to respond. I mean, we come from like acting backgrounds and I mean, where everything is so immediate, you know, like you, and you have to respond and adjust to what it, whatever is happening in that moment in order to act and live truthfully, you know, and, and so, do a good performance, that sort of thing. But it, you have to have that ability to respond. And I feel like this extends to anything else. Like it, there's the art of a business. You need to be able to respond. And if you are doing something and you discover that, you know, part of your process, part of what your business or whatever it is, is causing destruction out of, you know, is causing really bad destruction or, comes at a really high human cost, environmental cost, whatever it is. You know, what we've seen is lots of people, they try and just fudge the numbers or fudge the facts, fudge, you know, the the impact that that is actually having. So they can just continue doing what they do. But good leaders see what they're doing and go like, okay, this is what we're doing. How can we continue to do what we do, but do it better? Mm-hmm. How can we, how can we, like not only just fix the problem, but actually do something beneficial in that process. And through that, through that ability to respond, you become a beacon for other people to look at, but you also create such a strong company because Mm -hmm. the, the thing is that change is a fact of life. Everything is in change. And so much of what we see is just the resistance. So many of our problems that we're seeing right now is a product of resistance to change, a resistance to things moving along and evolving and shifting. Yeah. Right. And, and now they're, it, they're crumbling because when we could have all along been responding to the things that we were seeing going on and making changes that would have carried us through this in a completely different way. Well, I think that, you know, with the way things are going, we're going to have to start responding because, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing with the whole virus thing. I mean, at first they said to everybody like, Oh, you know, you're going to need to self quarantine for two weeks. I mean, it's probably been five now. I don't know. Six. Yeah. And the thing is, is that you have to tell the general public two weeks, you can't tell them two years because if you tell them two years, nobody's going to self quarantine. Right. But the reality is that this isn't going to be a two week thing. This isn't going to be a two month thing. This is probably not even going to be a two year thing. This is going to be something that we're going to be dealing with. Right. And that's a scary concept for people. Right. When you tell people two weeks now, the two weeks did 
a massive thing. And we're seeing in the countries where people actually self-quarantined the impact that actually made. It was mm-hmm. profound. It was awesome. Um, and it really helped things. The people who didn't, it caused so many more problems that, yeah. you know, and we saw the other side of that, right? So, and the, we're still seeing some of it. Oh, we're seeing we're it more seeing than a lot ever. <laughs> yeah. We're seeing it more than ever. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's what makes this thing scary. Um, but the thing is, is that as this world changes, it takes time for us to adjust and get used to that. So like, I want to say one thing, give yourself a break. If this is hard, like if this is like not easy to like accept, yeah. like give yourself a, like, and, and try to try to be honest about your emotions and like what you're going through. And it's okay to be scared and sad and angry and all these feelings. So all that stuff is all okay because this is, this is a transformation that we're all going through. Mm-hmm. And I think that what we're, what we're learning to do is we're learning, like, how do we want to be like as a, as a, as a, human team, right? Like, how do we want to be? Do we want to be people who just care about ourselves? Or do we want to be people that see our connectedness to everything? Mm -hmm. And I think the people who care about themselves too much are going to run into walls, they're going to run into problems. And they're going to start to see that that's a dying model. And the people who start to see the collective are actually going to have a moment where their voices are going to be heard because they're going to start to see like, like, look, this is what happens when you only care about yourself. Um, because there's like clear evidence right now that will make a profound change, but we have to go through a lot of pain for that to become evident, unfortunately. Um, and like, I don't like it. I don't want it to be that way, but it's like weird because this is the only way that we'll sometimes learn. I mean, we learn through pain and I mean, hopefully, you know, you, you can't like you, you just can't control what anyone else does. And this is one of those things in life you have to learn and this now more than ever. And, you know, you can be upset at people not doing what you want them to do, but you'll never, it'll never really resolve anything. The best thing you can do is be who you need to be. And then help, like try to help that model of how to be become adopted by others Mm. and it will take time you know not everybody's going to do this day one some people they won't even do this for years but eventually this will catch on you know the 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 way to just be socially responsible to care to consider social um you know programs and things like that that take care of people you know it's going to take time for people to kind of click that oh this is important and now i see why because because if you look at like America, for example, right, like America is leading like New York alone is leading the world in, in all cases. Right. Yeah. And I'm not saying New York's a problem, but like the model in America, which is like very uh, egocentric, right, very much about take care of myself and everyone else can kind of whatever. But then there's this amazing patriotism that's in that country as well Mm -hmm. so they have this combination of like we're really proud to be american at the same time i only care about myself and fuck everybody else but it's like this weird thing that's kind of happening there and what happens is you see when it's i only care about myself and fuck everyone else what happens is devastating things happen but when they have that kind of like uh patriotism which is like this collectiveness they start to see what they can do together as a country now Take that mm-hmm. same patriotism, put that into the world, not just your country, and start to see that we're all in this together. And all of a sudden, you know, amazing, amazing things can happen, in my opinion. But yeah. I mean, I think that we've seen amazing things happen as it like already, you know, and I think that this is this is something that has really struck me as amazing in this whole process. I mean, I mean, we're, we're here in Canada and we've been like, we are very fortunate in our position in this whole thing. Um, but one thing that I want to put out there to wherever you are in the world, wherever you're listening to this, I want everybody to remember just how quickly we actually have been able to respond to this. You know, like, no, like whether, you know, you're in a place and, and those arguments will be, will be sorted out and, and history will, will show us. But, you know, whether you're in a place where it's like, it was maybe sl- uh, there was a slow response 
to all of this happening, no matter what, <laughs> it's still a lot faster response than we've had from our leadership in almost anything ever. You know, like, and just everybody remember how quickly we are actually able to address and respond to these things mm-hmm. because we can do it very quickly. And we've been shown that we can respond to things very quickly if we actually have the will and feel the need to act. We can change things very quickly, you know, as things can change very quickly on their own <laughs> in many yeah. ways. But like just the, the, how fast we can respond to things is something I think for us to, to keep very close in our minds as we start to enter this new normal. So when people, and I don't want to say necessarily who it is, but <laughs> when, because I don't know exactly who it is, but sure, when, yeah. basically just when the old normal tries to assert itself in the new normal, I'll put it that way. When the old normal tries to bring itself into the new normal is we've seen that we can respond very quickly. We can say, no, these things don't take that much time. We can do this and we can do this very rapidly. That's all I want people to just remember during this time, because like that can be a part of our new normal, our ability to look at real problems that we are facing and to be able to take action on it very, very, very quickly. You bring up we a have, really, we yeah, have that capacity. And it's something that we've been lied to about in the past. It's like, oh, well, you know, these things take a lot of time and, you know, we have to go through all these processes. Clearly, we don't. Yeah. <laughs> well, time is relative. I mean, what what is a lot of time, you know? I mean you know, things, things are moving at a faster rate all the time. Uh, But also, you know, you don't want change to happen too instantaneously, too much change too instantaneously is actually a problem. So you might want the world to like snap at a snap of a finger, be the way you want it to be, but you actually don't because what ends up happening is if you take away the ground that holds something up too quickly, um, it creates all sorts of problems. So, there needs to be a process and change. And if you look at anything, you look at sports, you look at anything like that. If you just all of a sudden changed all the rules and like pick a sport, basketball, football, hockey, like you just changed a whole bunch of rules and said, this will make it way better. Let's do it this way. It would yeah. be messed up. You know what I mean? Um, first of all, people wouldn't know all the rules right away. Cause there'd be too many to, to learn all of a sudden. And also it would change the game so drastically that you wouldn't know the impact of all these changes yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Game, the game of life is a little bit like that. It's like, you can't just change everything right away. You have to change them incrementally. And when, I think when it's a life or death situation, we're a little more willing to like make um, bigger leaps. But I think like some of the bigger issues in the world, for example, like, I don't know, it's like, they're not pressing to us. So we don't care to change them right away. Mm-hmm. But the, like, listen, the moment that you don't have water to drink, I guarantee that you're going to start thinking about it. But like, Right now, people have water and they don't care. But like, if you pollute all your water systems and you create a problem, like, and, and like that would, so many people would die because of that, right? So mm-hmm. the people are trying to stop that and they can't because people are like, well, I have my water right now. I don't care, you know? And yeah, everything seems to be fine. So exactly. So yeah. maybe, maybe we can look at this event and, and not everybody will, but maybe a, a good portion of people can look at this event and go, okay. I can now foresee some problems potentially happening in the future. And if it's anything like this, I don't want this to happen again. So I'm going to start paying attention to some of these things that might happen in the future if I don't. And that will preemptively stop them. And some people will, and this will probably piss you off, will say, you'll help fix it. You'll help stop the problem. And they'll go, see, it was fine all along. And you're like, no, it wasn't asshole. Like I actually did something. We did something to stop this thing from like your impending doom, but like, they're just going to be like, oh, it was always fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you'll just have to deal with that. Cause that's just a part of the whole process. Like, you know, some people, they just will not pay attention. Their, their head will be in the sand forever. So yeah. You know? I mean, I think that that like definitely because yes, absolutely. Like sometimes 
oftentimes we do not know all of the implications of our actions. You know, we change something and suddenly there was something completely unforeseen that arises out of it. You know, like um, this is an example I use all the time, but you know, like back in the day uh, when they made DDT, which is like a chemical that was used, like a, it was an insecticide to help mm. to kill bugs uh, to, so that crops had a better survival. Seems like a great thing. But then they discover that DDT, like years later, they start to discover that DDT had all these negative effects and it was killing birds and it had this effect on cancer causing or something. Yeah. There's all kinds of stuff around it. It's like, and so obviously it stopped being used, right? Because it's just like, no, this had massive destructive effects, but the intention behind it initially was a, was a, was a good thing. Right. So we don't always know what the effects are, but the thing is, is that we have to have the capacity to, again, acknowledge and respond to the reality of what is happening. You know, like you said, we can't just bury our heads in the sand at these realities. Like we can't just, you know, like we've got to try things. Absolutely. You know, we've got to take action. We've got to try things out. But when we see negative effects of, of what it is, then we need to adapt and evolve. We need to come up with something better. And, but I think that our old ways is just like, no, 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 it's worked. So we just need to, to keep doing it the same way. And also because, again, we're to, to where a lot of this conversation started, this whole thing of, of the value of people, the value of the things that are that we're discovering are actually important. And our priority has been in just the wrong place for too long. Again, like looking at something like putting profit, you know, or, or survival of the fittest, you know, or just sort of selfish, selfish action has been too much of a dictator of how we've been shaping or how we had been shaping our world. It's like, oh, we're doing this thing. It's bad, but we're not going to change it because it's making too much money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and then now we're confronted with a situation. And it's like we're caught off guard when yeah. there have been people who have been talking about solutions to these things for many years. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you know, it, I mean, the thing, I think the thing is, is just to, take this and cause it can quickly just get overwhelming. I think, yeah, they got to bring it back down to the personal level. Uh, you know, these things in the world that are going on that aren't necessarily right or good. It, it, you know, I think as you start to become more aware of the world, you begin to see how many problems there are and that can become very like discouraging and defeating. And I, I remember when I went through that phase, I remember I started watching like a lot of documentaries. I started reading a lot more books about these types of subjects. And I started to go like, oh my God, like everything is an issue. Like, and, and there's just like, people are horrible. And like, just like, it was just this downfall of like, oh my God, like there's so many problems. Like we're, we're just terrible. Um, and, and, and the way I ultimately made peace with that was going back to a very simple wisdom, which is like, um, I think the quote is something like at first I was ignorant and I tried to change the world and then I became wise and changed myself, Mm. which is really like where everything begins. And I think you don't need to like, you were not born into a perfect world at this point. I think that what you need to do is simply continue to work yourself and be more of the person you need to be and understand that the world is not perfect and people are not perfect and there's a lot of problems, but through you being the best you you can be by um, using your true authentic voice, by walking your own path, by holding your integrity, by um, being responsive to change, these things do make an impact. And although you might not see them, they actually do. And you might see them like in your lifetime, but you might not. But like part of this life, I believe at this juncture is for us to help the next generation transition into their challenges so that they can deal with them and they'll transition the next and so forth. And Mm -hmm. that has how humanity has evolved. And like, we might look at the world right now. We might say like, Oh, well it's horrible right now. I guarantee that if you were to go back like a thousand years in the past or 10,000 years in the past, <laughs> like, or not net 10,000, but like, you know, 
a couple thousand, whatever, like it would not be as good as it is now. So yeah. as terrible as it may seem, <laughs> you're still always in the best life we've ever been in. And mm-hmm. even if it seems like it's not. So, I mean, try to keep perspective. Like you don't have to go and like hunt your own food. You know what I mean? Or, yeah. or whatever your, your family's not going to starve if you don't show up today. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like that was the stakes before. So I, I don't know, maybe in some people's case, that's where it's at pure survival mode. But for the most part, as a culture, we figured out how to, how to evolve to a certain level, right. Where art becomes such an important factor. Yeah. Um, that to me is a testament of a good culture. Like if you can have art, um, in your culture, it means that you're winning, you know, mm-hmm. I think art is the victory. It's the prize you hold up at the top because like, if you don't have any room for art in your culture, like then you're probably in serious trouble, I think. Mm. Yeah. So like celebrate, that. celebrate like your art and focus on yourself. Right. And celebrate your, your art too, not just other people's art, but like your own art inside of you. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to our last podcast <laughs> Yeah, about expression and, and all of that. Um, why don't you, you're the one who's, uh, who's drinking the, the, the beer today. I've just got my coffee going. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So this beer is from, from Quebec. It's a French beer and these are French words <laughs> and my French is no good. Um, but I believe the company is, I, I, I don't know. I think they're called Unibrow. Unibrow. I think that's Unibrow. I think that's what they're called. They're like, uh, um, anyway, they're pretty popular. This Can you just a, show me show me the label on the screen there? Uh, Can you read any of that? Oh, oh, oh! It's yeah, like water. Oh, so this is oh so, It's like a Belgian style beer. Oh, Benite. Yeah, so it stands for like holy water. Oh, okay. It's a Belgian triple strong ale. triple yeah it's it's very good it's very tasty beer um i was actually like dreading sharing it because i was like i'm gonna just mess everything up (laughs) but i know but listen i did my work guys i looked up online what al benita whatever i'm I'm saying it wrong um means holy water um and it's the bell triple i don't know what else to tell you there you go it's a good beer i'm enjoying it Excellent. Excellent. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I, you know, I, I, we've been talking about some good stuff. You never really know where these things are going to go. Nope. That's the part of the fun. Yeah. <laughs> Not knowing know. where these things are going to go, which is like very much the theme of the last number of weeks and months. <laughs> we don't yeah. know where this is exactly going to go. It's hard to plan. Um, I think that, uh, you know, there's, there, there's a lot of change happening. And I think that, you know, it's change is hard, but change is always going to happen. And I think there is a, there is kind of a tendency for people in general to try and keep things the same and try and keep a consistency and, and things, uh, they just want them to be like, I want them to be predictable because that feels safe. And I think the unpredictability of things makes sometimes people feel unsafe, Mm. but I might suggest that, you know, the, the, the more you can adapt to change and just allow change to become part of your normal, like just expect things to change that like, oh, like what's going to happen next tomorrow? What's going to happen next week? What's going to happen next month, next year? Like, I don't know that how exciting, right? You could look at it that way, or you can look at it as like, oh my God, what's going to happen tomorrow? Oh my God, what's going to happen next week? Mm-hmm. And you can look at it from fear. And, but I just think if you look at it from a place of curiosity and excitement, you're going to open yourself up. And I think that's really, really what's important for everybody. Like right now is the time to kind of like open yourself, not close yourself off, even though the world might be saying like, you need to spend, be alone or be away from people. It doesn't mean that you need to close off to it. It might mean that you need to open up more, Mm -hmm. Um, use things like, uh, you know, zoom or Skype or whatever, like type of digital medium to connect with people through the internet that you wouldn't connect with, you know? Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe reach out to people across the world, ask, ask them, like, what's it, what's it like going on for you over there? Like, you know, and, and, and make friends in places outside of your little circle. I mean, 
this could be a very connecting collective time if you're open to it. Yeah. And, and one where we can like really all start to, to come together and, and find the creative solutions that we need yeah, and that we are going to need uh, going forward into this new normal, mm-hmm. you know, because like, yeah, I mean, it's the more uh, we talk about these things and I have conversations with, with other people about everything that's going on right now, you know, the more and more I'm just like, no, we like, we, we cannot go back to the old normal. I mean, in many ways, like that's partially been taken care care of for us. You know, like there's, there is just absolutely no way that it can go back. There's no way that things will ever be the same on some level, but there's also um, a certain aspect of it where we are um, implicitly and explicitly involved in what that is as well and where we need to uh, make some choices where we need to make some decisions and we need to do that uh, together Mm -hmm. you know and and it means we have to take like a a real look at the way that things are and again like let like don't push away in many ways don't push away that that feeling of of kind of like look at how messed up some of this shit is you know like that's like that's something that's there to to provide solutions Mm -hmm. you know and it's not about um it's not necessarily about ranting and raving and and definitely not about blaming because that's it's a that's a go nowhere (laughs) solution to anything very quickly and and using that feeling to connect with people, to have discussions with people, find out like what you said, like find out what's going on for people, not just in, in your community, but around the world. Mm-hmm. And, and, and finding that shared humanity between all of us and say like, all right, like how can we, how can we create changes for the better, you know, and that's, that's going to, have massive implications for, for not just for us, but for the generations of the future. I mean, we have to, to get out of our, our short sighted and narrow thinking and start to go into a more expansive view of what we're doing and how we're doing it. Yeah. You know, if I was going to wrap this up, just from my, my thought, it would be change is going to happen regardless. The things are going to change. So you can either make better change or you can make worse change. I I think that this is a time, if you just accept that change is going to happen, that you look to make better changes in the world. There was a um, a petition going around that I saw, and one of them I really liked. For example, it was like anybody who has to self-quarantine, like give them... um, like, like take away their rent or like whatever, like, like make it so that they can live and do this and not like go under because mm-hmm. they're self quarantine because they're taking care of the rest of us. So let's do that. Another one was like people who are working, let's give them a little extra money because they're here obviously helping to make things still work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like those types of things are good changes where we're starting to go like, okay, well like you're doing this and you're doing that and let's try and make this work. Um, a, a, a petition that I didn't like was one where they said, um, mandatory, um, testing when you drive or when you go somewhere or do something like, like, and it was like, to me, that was starting to get a little bit frightening. Cause it's like, well, now what are they going to do? Like you're going to get stopped and they're going to be like, we have to test you. And they're going to stick something down your nose, like just to like, see if you're sick, you know, like that yeah. starts to take away personal liberty. So like that to me was a fear-based change that people were trying to create where it's like, mm-hmm let's, let's make sure everyone's tested so that we're all safe. You know what I mean? It's like, well, that takes away human choice. Like we, 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 I think when we make change here, we want to look at it as like, we don't want to build a more rule-based society. We want to build a more ethical society where people follow the rules because they want to not rules, because if you don't, you're going to get punished. I think the old model is you do the thing or you're going to get punished. The new model is going to be more like, 
I don't go out and like, and socialize in big groups because I don't want to be the one that caused everyone else to get sick. Not that anyone would know, but I just don't want to be that person. That's an ethic. And the difference between a rule and an ethic is, is, is monumental. And I think that change moving forward, we can just be more ethical and less rule bound and we can just be a better culture. Um, you know, because that's ethics, ethics will change the world. Rules won't rules will keep things like they'll they'll try to keep things, uh, stagnant and change will always like override rules. Yeah. Ethics will help people move with change. Yeah. And rules are always, people are always finding ways to break rules Mm -hmm. and bend rules, um, both for good and bad. It's a game. Yeah. Yeah. And break rules. I I, I love that what you, what you brought up because yeah, there's, there is a huge difference between it. Like rules are like do this or don't do this or else. Whereas, you know, good ethics are, I'm not going to do this or I am going to do this because I understand my connectivity and impact to everything else in all of this. You know, like that's, that, that's an incredible distinction. And it's, it's, I, I believe a far superior way of being <laughs> in the world than, than rules, you know? Yeah. And I think like right now, like with the self quarantining thing that's been going on, I think that, that it is a time of ethics and rules. Are you self quarantining because that's the rules? Are you not getting together because the rule not to, or are you doing it because you actually realize why you're doing it? And if you realize why you're doing it, then like pat on the back, you're, you're doing wonderful because you're an evolving human being that's paying attention to what's going on and seeing your impact and and your connectivity. What a beautiful thing. If we all did that, like we wouldn't need so many rules. Life would be so much simpler. The reason why we need rules is because people um, actively choose to remain ignorant because they can, and they don't want to look at their connectivity and they don't want to even evaluate why something is here. Yeah. Um, let me, let me, I give a great example of an ethic. Let me give a great example just so that people can walk away with something here. Um, I got a speeding ticket at once, like years back. I got more when I was a kid, but like, <laughs> this, this is an unfair speeding ticket. It was not okay. And um, I had to drive through an area which was merging literally from two sides at the same time into a, into a very congested highway and everybody's speeding and, you know, and, jousting for position. So there's a corner, like not only do two sides merge into one middle lane, but also, um, there is a bend in the road and an intersection that comes up near the top. So like, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff going on. Anyway, I'm a very safe driver, very responsible. I, I paying attention all the time. And so as I was driving, I was like looking at my, I had to merge left after a corner at this intersection that everybody's pushing through. And so I sped up a bit to make sure I could get in there safely. And then to go to my left, of course, once I round that corner, there's a cop there, pulls me over, tells me I'm speeding. I was speeding that there's no question. But the thing is, is that it was unfair situation because I was speeding to be safe. (laughs) So I took him to court and we argued. And like when I was in court, everybody was trying to lie. People were saying I wasn't speeding because obviously a lot of people got caught by this guy. I wasn't speeding or blah, blah, blah. They made up something. And everybody, the judge is just like, nope, nope, nope. Speeding ticket, speeding ticket, speeding ticket. Finally, I went up and I, get to, <laughs> I got to ask the cop some questions, the police officer. And I said to the police officer, I said, is it better? This is called the double bind, right? So I said, is it better to speed and avoid an accident or is it better to not speed and have an accident knowing that you weren't speeding? And he had to say, obviously, it's better to speed to avoid an accident. And I said, well, look, I was, I was speeding. You got me. But I was doing it safely. And the judge was like, great, no, no speeding ticket. And I walked out of that place and everybody looked at me and they were like, holy shit. But yeah. here's the thing. That's an ethic. I argued an ethic. And when you understand ethics, you can beat all rules because you understand why rules exist. So everybody going forward, if you understand ethics, you have a huge advantage. Mm -hmm. You're not only are you smarter than like everybody because you understand the ethic, but like you just live a better life. You, You actually don't, you aren't bound or restricted by silly things that are in place for people who won't think. So think about it. Why are you self-quarantining? Why are you not getting together in groups? Why are you not doing certain things? Do it because you actually see the value in it. 
And if you need to bend or break a rule, do so ethically and you're fine. I don't know. There's some good advice. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's what I got for you. It's a good, I think examples, like I had a client once tell me, he's like, Brandon, I love examples. Just give me an example of what the hell you're talking about. I was like, okay, <laughs> examples at the beginning. Give us examples. Give us examples. <laughs> yeah. That's great. It's true. It's true. Cause people don't always like, we, we talk about some heady shit, right? Like yeah. sometimes people, it's not like, Oh, like you hear ethic and you're like, you just tune out. Like I used to when I was younger. Um, but then when you get an example, you go, Oh, Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. Ethics in action. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Not <laughs> just to some, like, not just to some sort of dull idealism. Yeah. I'd love to hear your, your final points on this, my man, uh, shaping um, a new normal. I mean, I, feel, I, I kind of feel like we've covered a lot of the ground and actually what I really just wanted to share was uh, something I shared with you before we started recording, which is just this little quote from John Lennon that I saw today that I was just like, yeah, yeah, that's good. I'm not going to do the whole thing. I'm just going to, I'm going to sort of squeeze it together here, but it's, it's still, I think, very important for kind of where we are right now. So from the legendary John Lennon. If you don't know who John Lennon is, oh my God. Uh, <laughs> just look him up. <laughs> um, but he said, there are two basic motivating forces, fear and love. When we are afraid, we pull back from life. When we are in love, we open up to all that life has to offer with passion, excitement, and acceptance. Evolution and all hopes for a better world rest in the fearlessness and open-hearted vision of people who embrace life. Thanks for listening to the show. If you got something out of this, if you feel it improved your life or your journey in any way, please take a moment to subscribe, leave a review, or share the episode. You can also support us on Patreon, where we have tons of great bonuses. You are the ones that make the show possible and help us to thrive. Thank you for joining us.